Well, hello out there, planet Earth, and happy Friday. We made it, baby. The weekend is upon us. It's Friday, and it's always Friday with me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. ICYMI, or in case you missed it, SMB stands for Small and Medium-Sized Business. For the last 20 years, I've been a consultant for SMBs, a voice and a sounding board for business leaders, advocating on their behalf as well as their employees. I believe very strongly in sharing stories, providing perspective, and creating connection. So, on Fridays, you can find me right here on talkradio.myc, doing just that, lending what is left of my mind and my voice to this radio show, where I interview SMB leaders as well as their trusted advisors. One thing that I've noticed over the years, everybody, is that some of the best thought leadership for SMBs actually happens on Friday, when we feel that freedom of the weekend coming. However, we're also anxious to start the weekend, Friday's martini night in my house, love them, these crucial pearls of wisdom, they get overlooked, they get forgotten, they get swept under the rug in favor of our fun weekend activities and our freedom from work. Here on the show, we take advantage of that weekend freedom and clarity. We discuss popular topics that are on the minds of SMB leaders and their trusted advisors. Again, the name of the show is not just a play on words. My last name means free in German, so a little bit of method behind my madness for everybody. Today's episode of Always Friday brought to you by SDA Wealth Strategies, a boutique financial services firm located in Hudson Valley, New York offering personal wealth management and comprehensive business solutions for its clients. SDA stands for Simplifying Financial Lives, Designing Financial Strategies, and Advocating to Implement Them. SDA offers a concierge experience for both individuals and businesses. The firm's highest priority is always their clients' best interests while empowering people and businesses to be proactive and to thrive today, tomorrow, and beyond. For more information, visit SDA Wealth Strategies. This past weekend, we took my older daughter to New Camper Day at her new sleepaway camp, and I got to say, while I'm nervous to send her away for the summer, I'm excited for her very much. She's the same age that I was when I started my sleepaway camp journey, and it's something that I look back on with lots of fun memories, especially around the summertime. Very cool to watch her meet her new bunkmates in person, see them bonding, and even getting together for virtual group discussions these days, which is obviously something that wasn't around when I was a kid. But it almost seemed like a networking event for kids. So our show today, very apropos, is your networking not working. There is a difference of one letter between networking and not working, as you guys can observe. Most SMBs recognize that they need to do some type of networking, whether it's a weekly or monthly group that meets to pass business, chambers of commerce, industry-affiliated groups, all of the above if you're a serial networker. Yet the topic of networking is one that might come with frustration for some people. Business networking involves making connections with not only customers, clients, folks that will be buying from you, but also with other individuals individuals who might be able to refer you business or mention your name in some type of positive way with the people they know in their network. It also involves connecting with people who can provide some information and much needed training, and it can also be an excellent way of locating employees or potential reputable vendors to hire for your own business. Although many people associate networking with asking for favors, the more successful networkers know that networking is not all about them. In business especially, it's about creating the trusting relationship and friendships with other types of business people. As my special guest will attest to, the key parts of effective networking are learning about who you're meeting with and 
helping other business people with their needs. That's why you'll find that the best networkers, they have the connector mentality, not just the transactional mentality, who help others by referring customers, providing testimonials, or even helping to promote events for other business in some other way, shape, or form. Talk is cheap. We know that. We're on talkradio.myc. We don't want this to just be talk. The goal here is let's use the insight on the business landscape and create more impact on Monday morning. Far too often, SMBs are focused on the product that's going to solve their problems, the shiny new mousetrap, the magic wand, the new app. As long, Really, if everything is a people-first type of approach, you, know, you need to surround yourself with the right people. Products change every single day in every other facet of our lives. You have the right people first. You focus on a good, tangible, executable process to get to your goals. You'll get there. The right products will present themselves when they're needed. Everything begins and ends with the people. So I love having great people around me and on my show today, our very special guest, none other than Michael Goldberg, returning champion to the show, founder of Knockout Networking and the Networking Group, certified speaking professional as well. He's an author, speaker, educator, amateur boxer, and an authority in the areas of networking, referrals, and recruiting. He's helped financial advisors, brokers, agents, reps, other sales producers generate hundreds of thousands of dollars to their bottom line. Michael's firm, Knockout Networking, has been a speaking and training resource in the financial services industry for 20 years. Michael speaks at conferences and associations, runs sales meetings, delivers results-driven programs on networking, referrals, and recruiting. The Knockout Networking training programs, they've been licensed for use company-wide through corporate offices throughout the financial industry as well as other industries. Michael writes regular columns for industry publications and is the author of Knockout Networking for Financial Advisors and Other Sales Producers, as well as another book, Knockout Networking. One's black, one's white. A lot of great stuff in both of them. Uh, Clients include Morgan Stanley, Northern Trust, Griffin Capital, Guardian Life, State Farm Insurance, SAP, Rabobank, and Chubb. He's spoken at the Million Dollar Roundtable, two-time TEDx speaker, award-winning adjunct professor at good old Rutgers University, and frequently volunteers as a speaker at Oregon organizations focused on career searching. Michael is also the founder of the national networking organization called The Networking Group, a vetted online business platform helping entrepreneurs and small business owners generate more prospects, more referrals, and more business. Michael is the man, a force to be reckoned with, and yes, he is actually a boxer. We will discuss my favorite questions around who's your favorite movie or TV show character, what's your favorite movie or TV show, what's your favorite musical instrument, and who's the artist you'd like to hear play it. Weighing in from his home base in central New Jersey, mo- most likely at a weight that's less than mine after his trip to the gym this morning, getting ready to rumble with me. Michael, welcome back to Always Friday, brother. Great to see you. Hey. What's going on, bro? You know, you said you love to surround yourself with great people, great connectors until now. <laughs> until right now, I think just kind of draw the line as we're getting into the weekend right now. So I'll apologize in advance for that. I'm just going to derail that right there. No problem. <laughs> but Michael, you, you've made such a positive impact on lots of folks out there with your efforts all around the table. Knockout Networking, the networking group, your, your books that you've published. I know you're routinely asked how you got into this because it's almost like you made your own profession and job out of thin air. But talk to us about the founder's journey. How'd you get where you are today? Yeah, that's really funny. Yeah, so I remember I, I had a, a pretty cool job in training and development uh, in the mid 90s for a little office supply company that nobody's ever heard of called Staples. And this was, yeah, so you probably not, you can Google it, right? You can hit the Google and you can find out who, who those it, people it, it are. I, I, don't know, I don't know what they're up to now. But anyway, um, you know, I had, I had a nice office and the whole thing. And um, 
you know, I, uh, I was doing, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, heading up uh, training programs in the area of sexual harassment prevention of all things that became kind of my thing. And then a lot of leadership stuff, you know, and um, kind of told where to go and, and what to do and the whole thing. And, and I remember this venture of I just kind of had this idea that I thought I could do it better. And I didn't know what that topic was or what better meant. I just thought whatever it was that that I could be that. And, and I remember a couple of people uh, that were on my team, you know, that reported up into me uh, at the time that, you know, that asked me, you know, they, um, you know, what are your plans? Because they knew that I was going to be leaving and I was going to be moving on. I said, I'm going to create my own business. Uh, I don't know exactly what I'm going to focus on. It's going to be sales related. I want to be around, you know, business people that would really value a lot of what I'm talking about and do a lot of speaking and training. And I, I've got my own ideas and like these programs I've been leading from what we hear go pretty well, but I think that I can do even better. And the pushback I remember, and this is like 1995 was what makes you think you can do that? Like, how dare you even think about that? <laughs> and which didn't send me off with a, with a positive vibe going into it, you know, but I just thought, and I, and I still think that if you've got skills and passion in some area some level of expertise that's valued and you can focus on a marketplace that values that and has the resources to pay you the way you want to be paid for that. You've got a business. And that I knew at back in the staples days, I just had that. I didn't know what it looked like. I didn't know what that marketplace was or what the product was. I just had confidence that I would figure it out, you know? So to get into my, my journey is I just continued what I was doing when I was at staples on my own. And it was a different brand name. It wasn't Knockout Networking. It was something else. And it went fine. It wasn't great. It just went fine. And I just decided that my niche was going to be police and fire departments because my dad was a ref- you know, retired New York City police officer. Um, for whatever reason, cops and firefighters just kind of liked me. It's a tough audience. And I liked tough audiences. And I thought I had something to add. And I grew up tough and all that stuff. you know. So like I said, it was fine. And I ended up falling into a niche with this sexual harassment prevention topic. In fact, to this day, there is a, I can't get into it, but there is a settlement um, uh, for sexual harassment uh, in, in, in Massachusetts that I had a hand in settling. It's the largest sexual harassment prevention settlement so far, like to date in Massachusetts. And I had a hand in doing that. So I became that guy, but it wasn't like the, like the most glamorous thing, but I, I just thought that I could be bigger, better, better. Long story short, I got involved with BNI business networking international. And I became enamored with this whole networking thing. I was already doing a lot of things right, but I thought I could even do that better. And I was always tapped to be the leader there. And I just figured I found my thing. And that just became my thing, teaching networking skills. But police officers and firefighters didn't really care about that. But I knew that financial advisors did. And at the time, uh, the Federal Trade Commission was rolling out the do not call. So I just thought if I could market this thing called networking and referrals to the financial advisor community and their whole world is changing because they can't cold call anymore, they're really going to need what I do. I built my whole campaign around that. And right after that, when I rebranded, refocused, my business exploded. And I've kind of been riding that ever since. And my first client, when I figured that out, was a little company called Prudential. And then we created a little copy and paste. And that's kind of the short story as to how this whole thing happened. But it gets back to what I had mentioned earlier is identify a marketplace that's hungry, needs what you want, can pay you the way you want to be paid, and then come up with that thing that you're passionate about, really good at, that they find valuable. And if nobody else is doing it, that ain't bad. 
<laughs> I totally agree. You mentioned the word community in there a couple times, which I know community is very important to you as it is to me. So that's that's something we're definitely going to talk about when we come back from this commercial break with Michael Goldberg, founder of Knockout Networking and The Networking Group. Stay with us. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Welcome back, everybody. It's Friday. It's always Friday. And it's me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. But it's not just me. We are joined by Michael Goldberg, founder of Knockout Networking and The Networking Group, speaker, author, coach, author of the book, Knockout Networking and Knockout Networking for Financial Advisors and Other Sales Professionals. Before we dive into the method that is Michael's world, we were chatting a little bit in the last segment, started going in the direction of community. And I know that's something that's really important to Michael, again, as it is to me. The idea of building the right community, Michael, if you allow me to sit out by the fire pit for a moment, just tell a quick story. Uh, sharing some thoughts from a mutual friend of ours, Michael Leibowitz, who's also appeared on the show in the past, People buy an outcome, not a business category. So when you said you had, you know, been to the the BNI groups and things like that, it's something that you know, really triggered me. You know, what's the main outcome that people get from working with you? And I know that's something that you like to hone in on. One outcome, not a list. Make it the biggest win. You can make the most impact that way. But also the idea of, and this is from our our friend Michael Leibowitz once again. Do you share the same beliefs? Fewer and fewer people communicate this way in today's world because they're so focused on the products that they sell or that they buy. This this might even be more important than the outcome type of discussion. 
I subscribe to the idea that people have to like you, they have to trust you, and they have to think you know what you're talking about. You know, but one of the things that builds the trust the fastest is to actually share what you believe around the work that you do. These thoughts lead to a message that is really uniquely you. And again, people in process before the products. This type of approach will undoubtedly lead to a more engaging message and will differentiate you from the other people who share a similar business category to you. No matter what business you're in, we're all people. One thing that I heard last night at uh, our networking group meeting, Michael, be a human being instead of a human doing. So definitely resonated with me as you try to build the right community. So, Michael, you know, the method part of the show here, the scientific part you know, really revolves around what do you do, how do you do it, and how do you go to market for it? So you gave us a little bit. Lay it on us nice and thick. Talk to us. Well, you know, here's my best Michael Leibowitz, I think, impression. Like, <laughs> huh. <laughs> so how do I <laughs> – there it is. I, I'm missing the light bulbs. <laughs> but, um, you know, how we go to market. You know, you, know, I, you know, I teach networking, referrals, and recruiting. That's always been my thing. And, of course, that's the number one way that I generate more business is – uh, through networking organizations. Um, over the last handful of years, it's really been through my own networking organization, you know, um, fancy that, you know, but it's really about putting the right message out there and being really clear, which a lot of people don't know how to do. And Michael Leibowitz is great at, at sort of extracting that out of you. He's brilliant at that. But I think if you're clear on your message and you're clear on your medium in terms of how you're getting your message out there and it's getting to the right people, you will generate referrals. It's no question about it. And if it's not a referral, it's an introduction, which might lead to a referral. So is that the only way that I uh, that I get business? Almost, right? Almost. But you know, all the uh, I mentioned earlier in the other segment, you know, this Prudential was really my first financial services client, and I could probably circle back almost everything that I'm doing right now to where it might have come from from that very first client. But it's about being really good about cultivating that and being purposeful about uh, who you want to be connected with where you need to go, what you need to say, with whom you need to say it. So what's community about? Community is putting yourself in an environment where not only are people helping you with that, but you're helping them with that. And, you know, that's at least a networking community, right? But this whole concept of community is that you've got like-minded people that are focused on something that you're all passionate about. You've got some common ground there. And that's the starting point of of the whole thing. You know, like-minded, you know, always find some value in that. But the idea of being like-valued, I think that ties back really well to the idea that Michael Leibowitz put out there about sharing your beliefs, too, and you know, trying to build that trust attachment. Do you do you agree? Oh, I totally agree. But I also think it's creating common ground and doing that very, very quickly. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you just a quick story, which is probably totally irrelevant. But, um, you know, people like to be around folks that they can relate to. And stand-up comics, at least the good ones, are really good at that. Like the comics that tell stories about situations that we've been in or that we can identify in. That's what we love comics when they talk about, you know, like relationships like with their kids, when their kids do something stupid or funny or whatever it is, or we do something stupid or funny because we can relate to that personally. I was in the gym this morning, probably just before the time you and I spoke, um, and uh, you know, I had a headset on. I you know, always listen to my music off my phone, Spotify, the whole thing. And I ran out of charge. You know, it, didn't, it didn't charge when I was charged. So it ran out. And I was frustrated because I, you know, I kind of need my music. So there were two other people that were right around me. They were right there. I don't know them. And I just kind of laughed. 
So I just, I don't know why, but I just asked them, I said, had you ever just put your headset on to listen to your music and you realize that you're out of charge, it wasn't available, and now like your workout sucks as a result of it? So they just started laughing. We were talking about this for five minutes and it was like a whole friendly, fun thing. So now, of course, I've got this vibe with them where I know if I go in to the gym in future days, they're friends of mine. Now, did it cost me anything? No. But I came up with an anecdote that I thought was funny. I just wanted to share it with them because they were just right there. I had a feeling they could relate. Of course, they're in a gym listening to music. And that just became a thing. And that was a connection for no other reason. My only reason is I was a little frustrated. I, I thought it was funny. And they thought it was funny, too. And, you know, if we spent more time creating a connection where we didn't think that there was one, that's the start of community. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And I love the idea of the stand up comics. I've, I've always been a huge George Carlin fan and he's had his, uh, documentary on, uh, on HBO as of late, The American Dream, George Carlin. Oh, fantastic. I, Absolutely I, fantastic. I, I don't know if you saw it, but I just, I just when you yeah. said that just now, I just thought back to the little, little things we share, like, you know, universal moments that we all share separately. Like you ever look at your watch? Right. Yeah. And then you forget what time it is. Yeah. Like, so like that, you know, that I to totally agree with that being a good storyteller. I've, I've been, I've been very big on, and that's how you can really start to identify with people because everybody's got a story to tell. And I think that, you know, the example you had from the gym this morning is, is a great example of that. So yeah, now but, think of the examples that we have now, you know, I know pandemic is kind of over until the next variant, you know, comes in, right. And all that, but you know, going to networking meetings and cocktail parties and all kinds of other things. But what a great way to break into a conversation with people is, just sharing a quick story with them. Hi, my name is, can I just, show, you know, you know, have you ever, or have you experienced that we're not even shaking hands with everybody? We're sh bumping elbows. And again, it's kind of like the gym stories. You create an aha moment that we can all relate to. And now you've broken the ice and you're on your way to potentially creating a little community. So, you know, one thing when certain people try to st tell stories, I think back to planes, trains and automobiles, you know, you know, I love movies and it's like, oh, do me a favor. When you tell your stories, have a point. Mm -hmm. So I know that part of the method behind your madness and I, I don't want to give away too much of the magic, but this is something that always resonates. Too much with of the madness. Me. Yeah. But, but the uh, but the point story application type mm -hmm. of method that you have. Talk yep. to us a little bit about that. Yeah, no, so I, I, that's actually not mine, but I, I use that, and it's actually a mentor of mine. Um, Glenn, I'll put this out there to you, a uh, you know, mentor of mine uh, who, who's brilliant, and um, she's 84 years old and still doing keynote talks, and uh, I used to do these, these presentations at National Speakers Association with us, you know, with her, you know, many years ago, and we just hit it off, and now she's somebody that I'm very tight with, but that's, she's a big, that's what she teaches is storytelling. And her model, Glenna Salisbury, is PSA or point story application, where if you're going to tell a story, start off with the point. Like, has your music not worked because you ran out of battery? Isn't that frustrating? Yep. Point. In fact, one time you kind of get into the story and then the application is maybe why you're sharing it or perhaps what it means to the person that you're speaking with or your audience. The reason I'm sharing this is because I know you've related to it. You'd probably find it funny. Or I thought that maybe you'd learn from this lesson and you can apply that so you don't make the same mistake. So it's there's telling stories, but you also don't want to take it over and own the stage unless you are, in fact, on stage. Because when you're connecting with other people, people don't want to really be talked at. You know, like yes. if you just keep with the story and you kind of envision the cartoon where the hair gets blown back, like, you know, like you don't want to do that to people either. So you want to keep it short, sweet and to the point. 
and then turn it back to you, you know, and just say, you know, Carl, you know, have you had that experience? And now it's Carl's turn to share. And now you're creating a connection. And I know it's something I hear you say all the time and, you know, not just you, other folks that I've been around. It's a we thing, not a me thing. You're right. People don't like to be talked at. You know, they like to tell their story. They like to hear other people's stories. So I always find this type of training, you know, Glenn's type of training like around storytelling, but also just the mechanics that you like to put out there is very important where a lot of times people will just be trying to educate and train people on their products, their services, their wares, you know, have, have, has that been something that you've seen kind of front line with some of the people, especially in the financial services world, right? That can sometimes get very product centric. So, you know, Uh, know, I don't see it as much, you know, uh, especially since, you know, uh, you know, advisors are still doing, you know, a lot of stuff online and compliance does get in the way, but it does happen. I mean, I was at an event last week and apparently I needed life insurance or some advisor told me, and (laughs) that just became a blog. That just became a great story. Um, you know, it just great dialogue, turn the whole thing around, you know, but, um, uh, you know, we, we had somebody in our, in our networking, you know, group not long ago, that was all about selling their app, all about pitching their stuff. And it just doesn't resonate if you've got a really strong networking, connecting culture where that's just not the way, you know, it's, again, it always comes like in boxing, right. It always comes back to the connection, right. The more and better connections you make both in and out of the ring. If you're not making a connection, you ain't selling anything or connecting with anybody or or generating a, a positive relationship like those things just simply aren't happening. And 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 sometimes that gets muddled, right, because sometimes people are making sales that way. But they when you really peel back the layers of the onion, they are not making good relationships. A lot of times it's like real it's hit or miss, like love it or hate it. Yeah, yeah. And then they wonder why it's not working. Like this whole networking thing, uh, you know, isn't working. They don't realize that uh, they're muddling it like a good old fashioned, you know, it's, <laughs> you know, it's because, you know, you, you, you're not focused on the right thing. You know, it's uh, people that join networking groups. I'm not getting any business from it. Well, let's look at why. You know, are you making the connections? Are you being clear in your communication? You know, and that's really what it boils down to. And, you know, something that you know I like to promote as well, and I know you do, too, is have some freaking fun. It's like a lot of times even doing something like this, like what we're doing right now, doing a podcast radio show type of thing. Sometimes it doesn't seem like fun. It's just like here's numbers one through 27 of everything that I need to get through. And it just it starts to feel like it's more of an interrogation than it is an interview. Like like the light bulb is in your face. (laughs) (laughs) You're in the gray room with the the with the one way mirror and the whole thing. You know, I, I know we're going to we're going to get into some of the madness you know, in the next segment, you know, the stories that you have from the field. And I know that there's lots of them. But, you know, before before we cut to break here, like as far as the, the methodology goes, like really some of the science behind what you do. You know, we, we mentioned Michael Leibowitz before. I know he's big on on the brain and neuro linguistic programming and mm-hmm. what, you know, how people connect the dots there. You know, like what what other quick thoughts do you have before we dive into the madness just around, you know, uh, you know, I always think of it's not what you say, it's how you say it, but just getting things to resonate the right way in a networking type of setting. Yeah. So in, in terms of like what I say when I'm in a networking setting or what I would suggest others would say. I, I, I like a little bit of flavor of both. So yeah, let's yeah. do it. Well, you know, I, I, you know, a lot of it's just initiating conversations with people. You know, a lot of it is being bold enough to do that. Like today in the gym, I wasn't really looking to network, but I initiated that whole dialogue and I turned it into a funny situation where even as we were crossing paths at different points of the gym throughout the morning, 
you know, I was giving, I was saying stuff, you know, so they both had their headset on. So I kind of motioned to them and I said, yeah, you just, now you're just putting it in my face. Like now you're just taunting me. <laughs> of course they left, right. But I had the whole, I didn't plan it, but we had the whole kind of storyline going and, you know, that can apply to a cocktail party that you're at. If you're, you know, you're, you're clever enough to, and, 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 um, and open enough and confident enough to be able to just make connections, even over things that are silly because there's backstory and there's callbacks and all kinds of things that you can use, you know, to play with. It's also about being likable and creating the chemistry. You know, not everybody can do this. I get that. Yeah. Not everybody is a Steve Fry or, or not everybody is going to, you know, just be goofy in a gym or, or anything like that. But, but, you know, whatever your brand of that is, you know, is, is going to be fun and purposeful. And the worst case scenario, you had a laugh. Worst case scenario, exactly. you had some fun. Not so silly to flash a smile from here on out in the gym. You'll point to your your ears, your earbuds, your headset, and you guys will just smile. From yeah, I mean, every out. time, you know, like I'll see them tomorrow morning, you know, and, and that'll that'll be a thing. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with Michael Goldberg, founder of Knockout Networking and The Networking Group. Stay with us. Howdy, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7 Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to Always Friday with me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. We're chatting with Michael Goldberg, founder of Knockout Networking and The Networking Group. Some wonderful, wonderful pearls of wisdom from Michael here thus far. Michael, we're going to dive into the madness piece. This is the artistic, observational part of our world. No subject too taboo. We want to hear some stories you have from the field. Anything goes. Obviously, if you don't want to compromise client confidentiality with any discussions, totally understand that. But, you know, the world of networking, you gave us some some great stuff there and, you know, leading into into the, the madness segment here, just, you know, 
some of the ways you can really put a smile on somebody's face. And I know you, you and I have talked about some of the uh, the different personalities, the different po- folks that you come across within the networking world, like folks that sign up for a group and then never show up, like people that look like they can they can talk the game and walk the walk and talk the talk, but they don't necessarily. And you mentioned also people just trying to pitch wares and not making a relationship, which sometimes they they it works. They get they get credit card numbers, they get recurring payments and subscriptions, but they have a crappy relationship with all the people that they talk to. So give us a little bit of the madness that you see out in the field. You know, I'll be honest, I don't really see a lot of madness out in the financial services field per se, because, um, uh, you know, I'm not there, you know, like in, in, in the sessions that I'm leading, there might be advisors or brokers that don't buy into some of what I'm sharing or what I'm suggesting because their whole mindset is I'm just looking to sell a product. I'm just looking to bring in money under, under management. You know, like, that's all they care about. And if that's it, they've got a very transactional, you know, mindset rather than a relational one. Uh, I know I was having a conversation with a financial advisor friend for a client firm. Uh, he's become a friend. He's a, you know, kind of a corner office top producer guy. Uh, for said wirehouse that I won't mention. Uh, but he was, you know, he's kind of on the other side of the mountain. You know, he's got a very big business and he just brought his daughter uh, into the business who just recently graduated. And, you know, she was a finance major, major. So she's got all the X's and the O's down in terms of being able, you know, to, to look at a case and look at how to move money and how to move, uh, you know, investments and all those different things. Um, but she is really waiting for her dad to kind of like instruct her like what she needs to do. And he realized that she has a hard time speaking to people and connecting with people. Not that she's not smart. She's very smart, but she has the other side of the business down. And it kind of dawned on him that um, he's got a lot of that down too. But the, really the, the reason he's so successful is because he's such a people guy. And he really is like, he's just the most likable guy. And he's just very funny, self-effacing, all those different things. So my conversation with him became, how do I instill that in my daughter? Like, how do I, is that something that's teachable, coachable? And, um, you know, she's young, you know, and, you know, 19 year olds, 20 year olds, 21 year old grads aren't necessarily taught that. Although I teach a lot of this stuff in my own Rutgers class because of this. So now this is something that he is saddled with. I started dialoguing with him about in terms of how he might, start to cultivate that behavior in her because at some point, like he's saying, it's like, all this is going to be hers, but all this came from the fact that he's really good at connecting with people. Of course, money's got to grow, right? But he's got that, but it's really his personality and his approach to just wanting to help people and ask questions. In fact, my conversation with him, it's not that I couldn't get a word in edgewise, but he was so busy asking me more questions about how I'm doing and what I'm up to that it was almost like a boxing match going back and forth where I kind of got out of him, you know, some of what he's going through with his daughter. So I'm not suggesting that he's struggling. He's not, he's got a, I I was really kind of envious. He's got such a great relationship with his daughter that he gets to work with her now, like bring your kid to work day. He's got that every day. That's great. But now it's talking to him about how he can start to coach her and cultivate that behavior and the confidence. So she knows how to connect with people and to kind of, you know, take the baton from where he might ultimately leave it. You know, so I see a lot of those things, uh, certainly in our networking group, you know, which is, you know, mostly online right now. We see all kinds of characters. It's a, you know, it's a vetted <laughs> group. So most of the group is really great. But when we have guests and we vet them, you know, sometimes we'll miss something, you know, uh, through the fingerprinting process. You know, so sometimes <laughs> somebody comes in and they seem, you know, like a like a model citizen, but they're spending their time just pitching their stuff. 
And then when we follow up and say, listen, we, we, you know, as discussed, we kind of discourage this kind of behavior. Listen, I just want to sell my app. Listen, I just want to sell my product. That's great, but this is just not the place for you. This is not the place to necessarily do that. But if you're smart, all of those things will happen anyway. In fact, in the one situation, and you, you know of this situation, the guy that was looking to sell the app was looking to sell me on the app so I could roll it out to the entire networking platform. And as soon as that didn't happen, right, the whole tune changed, you know? So again, it gets back to, is it relational? Is it transactional? Are you cultivating a community? Are you cultivating a surrounding of people that are friends? And, you know, friends will will make introductions and refer, and it's all about trust. But when that stuff doesn't factor into the equation, the answer is always zero. I, it's it, it's it's a great point, and it goes back to the idea of it's a we thing, not a me thing. For both of those examples, right, with the knockout networking that you know type of engagements yeah, that you yeah. have, as as well as the networking group. You know, going back to the FA, I'll assure you, there's plenty of madness in the financial advisory <laughs> world. Plenty of it. Yeah, there is. There's stories I could tell, but it's uh, they're, they're, lately they're just fewer and far between. <laughs> a, a lot of them behavioral in nature. A lot of fun to talk about, but you know the idea of building a team you know, around a financial advisory type of practice is one that a lot of people are seeing nowadays as a big value for scalability and growth right. to get to get those assets. And that very much comes from the idea of it's a we thing, not a me thing. And if something's not necessarily really outgoing and a people person and ready to build the relationships, it's like, all right, well, maybe you're the analyst type that sits behind the scenes and allocates the portfolios. But we need a people person, a business development person, like, but mm-hmm. more and more people are starting to realize that. And, you know, likewise in, in the networking group type of world, good networkers realize that. So it's, you, you, you see it the same. There's a, there's a good connection there, I think. Oh, I agree. I agree. And, you know, it's always amazing to me why more advisors, brokers, or even other salespeople don't look for speaking opportunities. Like that's amazing to me because if you're a really good speaker and you, you're putting yourself or you're getting yourself put in front of the right audience, your niche audience, you're kind of like networking 1000 fold, you know, and now you're making connections because you're this expert on stage or in front of a room. And what a great way to start to cultivate connection and turn it into a whole, you know, network, you know, if you're smart about that, you know, it's ultimately how I ended up initially getting that whole Prudential gig is that I, I did a free talk you know, before I kind of was pulling it all together. So it was worth it for me to do that. But I made sure I had the right audience and that right audience referred me into what ended up being my first client, you know, and, you know, speaking opportunities now, especially now that we're virtual, they're pretty easy to get. You know, and if you're not a good speaker, becoming a better speaker, that's also easy. You can do Toastmasters and some of these other, you know, you know, programs, you can do them all online. I mean, heck, you could just, you know, Look it up, you know, and, and, and I mean, through videos. I mean, there's just so many things that we can do. Uh, and I'm not sure enough, um, certainly enough financial advisors are tapping into that. Or, or if you're really out of your mind, you can get behind the microphone on a weekly basis and do a radio show. And yeah, a who podcast. does that? I who mean, does that? But, yeah, it, but I mean, but, somebody but, had that idea. I'm not sure it's going to take that. <laughs> but, but, you know, talk about the pandemic in a virtual world, like me even doing this show and interviewing folks like you, it's that came all out of the pandemic. Right. You know, uh, beforehand, I had visited the networking group at its live on site location in New York City. But during the pandemic, New York City was 
kind of barren looking for the most part. So the networking group efforts moved virtual and online, which when you look at certain certain types of groups, especially when you think about like the BNI and LATIP groups, things that are things that are really like supposed to be in person, like, you know, they, they all did the virtual thing when they had to, but, you know, they couldn't wait to get back into the in-person thing. And again, I'm somebody who's no substitute for shaking hands, giving hugs, kissing babies, drinks, all that. But there's been a lot of effective work done, a lot of great relationships built with the virtual type of model and exploring the T, the TNG, the networking group vision of having a, a community in every spot where there's a major league baseball team, as you and I yeah, share. And baseball. that had been the vision anyway, but it was much easier now to be able to, you know, jumpstart that and copy paste and copy paste since we're virtual. And it's really funny. I get this all the time is, um, I would say pre-pandemic, I was totally not into Zoom meetings. I couldn't even fathom doing a group Zoom meeting, although I, I had done them. Um, and, and now that we've kind of been through that, I like it. And, and I see the value in it. I'm not saying it replaces a face-to-face. I'm not saying it's better or worse. But I can say that it is really exciting that when I'm leading a meeting or I'm, or I'm in a meeting with somebody and it's virtual, and when the time comes that we meet live and in person, it is an emotion that I can't even describe. And to me, that is worth it. Whereas the other way, it can't work. Like if you meet somebody face-to-face, nose-to-nose, belly-to-belly, and then it's a follow-up Zoom, it's just a follow-up meeting. But when you meet somebody for the first time, especially when you've collaborated or even exchanged business or done business with them and you've never actually shaken their hand, it, and, then you, and then you see them, I mean, it's a, I, I can't even, I don't even know what the emotion is. It's, um, it, but it's more of an event. It's like you can't wait to meet this person and it's hugs and, and, and all this stuff as we're allowed to do as, as they might be comfortable with. But to me, worth it. Yeah, it's it's hugs and champagne toasts and all of that. And I, you know, I've always seen value in doing the virtual meeting, especially if you're somebody who's doing national account work and you're a part of a small team. You really can't be everywhere all at once. So it was, you know, something that really had to be honed in on. But you know, the the pandemic conditions, you know, really o- o- open in some ways opened some doors. You know, for opened for a this, lot of doors. Yeah. yeah. And it's and it's something that there's there's been a lot of value with, but you know, particularly in the in the networking group, I've definitely engaged with people that I otherwise might not have seen or interacted with. And at this point, it's we have a full blown relationship, and most of them I have met in person at this at this point. Even some some from the West Coast, but the ones that I haven't yet, yeah. When I when I see them, it's going to be one of those emotions that's that's almost indescribable. So and it's fun when I travel and I meet them for the first time. Like when I meet an entire community, an entire TNG, the networking group community, and they kind of come out of the woodwork because I'm in town. I mean, again, I can't even describe what that feeling is. Absolutely. Looking forward to the next one where we get to share some of that bourbon stuff that you like. That'll happen. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with Michael Goldberg, founder of Knockout Networking and The Networking Group. Stay with us. Hey, everybody. It's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? 
I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about health to advocate for all of us. Calling all pet lovers. Pet Avengers, assemble! On the Professionals and Animal Lovers show, we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. It mirrors that bond between pets and their owners. Through this program, we come together to learn, educate, and advocate. Join us live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to Always Friday with me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. We're talking with Michael Goldberg, founder of Knockout Networking and the networking group, author of Knockout Networking, the book, and Knockout Networking for financial advisors and other sales professionals. Some great tidbits from Michael here today around uh, people first type of approach, building the relationship and building community, you know, really being a we thing and not a me thing. You know, Michael, this is the message part of the show, the whole idea from Weekend Insight to Monday Impact. While we have that freedom and clarity of discussion and thought, you know, you've given us a lot here thus far. Uh, I, I want to th- throw something in there from my guest last week, Tony Lopez. He's a, he's a lawyer down in Philadelphia. But uh, giving back to other individuals with an entrepreneurial mindset or spirit He likes to empower and solidify the community at large. We are givers. And I know that you like to say for networking to take, you have to give. You also, being the boxing part of you, I I think of Mike Tyson, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. So I know how you are about liking to plan things out and really have a method behind the madness. But let's give everybody some sound bites for the weekend that they can actually put into action on Monday. What what do you got for everybody? What should they take away from this? Let's see. So I... I Networking is like boxing. It's always better to give than to receive. <laughs> it's kind of a morph of like a Sugar Ray Leonard uh, quote, but uh, but very very true, right? So there there's that. Um, but from a from a business standpoint, I would say one of my favorite quotes, and I always get conflicted messages as to who originated it. So I I can't take credit. I know it's not mine, but I've been I've been talking about this for many years. It's um, ten little two letter words. If it is to be, it is up to me. If it is to be, it is up to me. How does that not apply to everything, right? Anything that you want to do in terms of fitness, weight loss, making more and better connections, building a business, um, you know, having a better relationship with your kids. You know, it all comes down to, to us and ownership. And what a great, and I, and I start every Rutgers class with that. Like that's like on the board, write this down because it's always going to come back to this. You know, it, it's on us, right? And the same thing in the ring. You know, for the most part, it's on us. The only bad thing is, is that people are hitting back. But, you know, in life and business, I mean, people are also hitting back. Right. But what are we going to do about it? You know, if it is to be, it is up to me. But it's also it's a it's a we thing. It's not a me thing. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times people will 
attest to the idea that it takes a village to really accomplish your goals. But it's it's something that traditionally wasn't always embraced. And I do feel like more and more nowadays people are embracing the team type of approach and the idea of actually building out a network. Do you, like you've, you've been doing this a long time, Michael. Do you, do you see that as well these days? Yeah, yeah. No, of course. Of course. You know, um, I've been doing this a long time. And, you know, I'll, I'll give you something else that um, that's a really good reminder. And I have to remind myself of this, you know, often enough at the same time is is that. You know, I think when we are speaking to people and we're doing this whole networking thing, we've got referral and business in mind. And and why wouldn't we, right? You know, or job search or whatever it is, or I'm just looking to make a friend, like whatever it is you're, you're looking for. And that's all great. But if we could cultivate that into an introduction, like who it is that we want to be introduced to, and not think in terms of being introduced to, to, introduced to a prospective client. But being introduced to somebody that we think might potentially get us to that prospective client and think in terms of, you know, the chicken, not the egg, you know, being in, right. So we're always focused on the egg, right. Or, or, or the golden egg or then the golden goose, right. So maybe focus on the chicken rather than the egg. And who is it that you really want to be introduced to? Because it's way easier to be introduced to, let's say, a business attorney. Like I'm looking to connect with a business attorney in Atlanta versus that I'm looking for more business with whatever it is, you know, and and both important. But when you're putting an ask out there, we can all cultivate an introduction just by asking for it, provided that it's reasonable, it's clear, it makes sense. And we're asking the right people for the right reason. And you know, we're in a position to return the favor. Not that it's a tip for tat, but that you're coming from this place of it's always better to give than receive. Yeah, and one thing that I didn't hear you say yet, and I know that you're big on, and, and I know that you and I see routinely in daily travels, is the idea of being specific. A lot of times people think that if they if that you get really specific, you might close yourself off from from other types of of ideal client or ideal introduction that you could be that you could that you can make. Yeah. But it's the 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 dirty words of I want to be introduced to somebody, anybody, everybody. Nobody. It's like okay, well that's <laughs> yeah. that that equates to nobody. Yeah, yeah, I know you. I know you feel that way, and and yeah. you know, some other folks out there do as well. But it's I still see it every single day, and it always kind of blows me away. It's so even if you ask for a specific specific business and a specific business owner, it's like that person might not know who that business or business owner is, but it's going to get them thinking along the lines of. I don't know them, but I do know this person who does something much. That's right. That's right. It's really about reducing the fraction. You know, it's about, um, you know, taking a four eighths mentality. You know, I'm looking to meet business owners to a two four, right? Reduce it to two fourths business owners that are in the financial services arena to, you know, one half, or, you know, to, um, to the managing director of XYZ financial firm, you know, in greater New Jersey or wherever it is, you know. So as soon as we can boil it down, and, uh, you know, as my daughter reminds me, it's the LCD or the least common denominator, right? Yep. Uh, far from the LCD that's hanging on my wall that I, that I watch all the time, right? We, we kind of get caught up in what an LCD is these days. To me, it's just brilliant marketing. And it just boils down to, well, boiling down, right? Being more specific in our languaging because then it turns into a, wait a moment, minute, I don't know anybody at XYZ Financial Group, but I do know the managing director at ABC Financial Group. Right. Ah, Right. And one dialogue leads to the next. 
some friends and colleagues of mine, you said boiling there, they talk about boiling the ocean. Mm. And I and I feel like when you're asking some for somebody, anybody, everybody, that's trying to boil the ocean. It's you know, if you're if you're an accountant and you're saying, I'm looking for somebody who needs help with their taxes, well, by and large, Americans want to do three things. They want to educate their children, pay their taxes, and retire. So it's damn near everybody that you know. Right, which is four-eighths, you know, or, or, or maybe eight-sixteenths, you know. But, you know, someone that needs accounting services like whom? And why? And where? What? Right? It's just asking the questions. And I love doing that when I'm speaking because most people don't think this way. But now those are my counterpunches. Those are my follow-up questions. If I like them and I, you know, I think their intentions are good, is to whittle it down to, you know, maybe boil less of the ocean. You know. Yep. Yep. Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. I know that you're very big. You made some references there on having a a daily fight plan. How you're going to attack every day. You know that you you have some great tidbits, Michael. For to learn more about Michael and his business, uh, knockoutnetworking.com, thenetworkinggroup.org. He's on social media. He's out there. You will be able to find him. Any other specific links you want to drop to everybody out there? Uh, you know, I would say if you're interested in a powerful online networking group that's vetted and that's growing and it's got national throw is check out the networkinggroup.org. And if you're interested in learning more, you know, you can hit me up or just post and we'll get in touch and kind of see if it might be a good fit for you. Because a lot of what we're talking about is a big part of the culture of the networking group. And it's something I'm really proud of because there's so many people that have cultivated this culture. And, you know, we just had a meeting yesterday and it was just very, very powerful with guests there. And they just want more of the vibe, more of the energy, but also more of the qualitative experience. And we conjured that up out of nothing. Yep. Quality over quantity for sure. So before I let you go for the day, we're going to revisit the answers to my questions, which I know we've done before with you, but your favorite movie TV show character, your favorite movie or TV show, and your favorite musical instrument and the artist you'd like to hear play it. So without further ado, no shock that I figured you were actually going to say Ted Lasso because that's come up a bunch as of late with the the, the leader, Ted Lasso's 10 leadership lessons. But Rocky Balboa, I, I keep thinking of all kinds of boxer movies for you. It's you know, I, I know you love this with with Apollo Creed as well. Just a pure 80s attire. But, you know, the uh, the ra- raging bull, everything from that to Creed movie itself to Tyler Durden and Fight Club. I know these are all favorites of yours, but I, I keep thinking of the, the tips that you have to give. You probably don't see yourself as Hillary Swank, but the idea of sometimes the, the million dollars. Million yeah, I mean, dollar huh, she does. <laughs> but you, you'd also mentioned uh, Jack Reacher. You'd, you'd mentioned the Shawshank Redemption, which getting out and about now into actual networking in person, you know, feels like when he's at the drain pipe at the end, he's like, free. Right, right. That's right. You've, you've Not the spoiler for anybody. Going through the, the pipe with all the, all the bunk and everything else. And, you know, it's just like out, you know. <laughs> But yeah, absolutely. And I know you're a big Billy Joel man, the piano man. I am as well. So yeah, hats off to you out there to the piano man, tickling the ivory. He's in concert tonight at Madison Square Garden. What a shock. He's there all the time. I love it. But it's, uh, again, Michael, thank you so much for joining me here this morning. I, like you get great insight to make a Monday impact for everybody out there. Very, very good. Thanks, everybody. C- coming up next week, it is my birthday, actually. 
on Friday the 17th. Feel like I'm starting to look like this guy, Moses. I know how much you love that picture, Michael. But we are, we're going to be talking with my new friend, James Campion. James Campion is also somebody who likes to talk about music to relate some of his messages. And he's done so in a few books. He's done so with Accidentally Like a Martyr, uh, alluding to uh, Warren Zevon. He's done it with Shout It Out Loud with Kiss. But he's, uh, we're going to talk about his most recent book, which is Take a Sad Song, The Emotional Currency of Hey Jude. So until then, thank you once again for joining us on Always Friday. We hope you got some weekend insight to make a Monday impact. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on Friday next week, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, right after Tommy D on Philanthropy and Focus. Bye, everybody. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. informed about menopause and how it impacts on your life? Hi, I'm Pat Duckworth, women's health strategist and host of the Hot Women Rock radio show, empowering women leaders at menopause. Join me every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. UK Time on talkradio.nyc for interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.